Aftershark MMA Show. This is Jim the Podcast Sherpa from Too Many Podcasts, and you've got a ringside seat to the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Let's get ready to podcast! Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. To me, we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the Click the Support button found at anchor.fm slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Page. Also, for a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com, and paperback version only on BarnesandNoble.com, and the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorta. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Hi everyone out there, I just want to make an announcement that both me and my daughter have new books out there on the market, available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, as well as our website, RetortoFamilyBooks.com. My book is called Mark is the Vampire, it's a brand new fantasy vampire novel, and my daughter's book is called A Little Bit Louder, it's the second book in her Invisible Girl series. Check it out, again, it's either it's available at either RetortoFamilyBooks.com, Amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com All right, everybody, we're back on the show. Today we've got a special guest on the Mark the Shark MMA show. we got Charles Ahrens. How are you doing today? Doing great, Mark. How are you today? Good, good. So where are you coming from? I'm stuck in Aberdeen, Washington. Oh, okay. How's the weather over there today? Good? Uh, Typical, cloudy. Cloudy, right? I hear that a lot about Washington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, get a little bit every day. Yeah, I'm in Jersey now, so it's a sunny now. Just get thunderstorms later. See how that works out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, excuse my hair. I haven't had a haircut since the lockdown, so. Yeah, I think we've <laughs> all been taking advantage of the break, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had a beer, too. I shaved it, though. <laughs> 
So let's uh, let's get a little background on you because uh, you uh, saw my posting on a Facebook site. You said you wanted to be on a show. So I take it you're like an avid MMA fan, correct? Yeah, I would say I am an avid MMA fan, but my experience is a little more insider because I've got friends that are fighters and I've followed the idea of mixed martial arts or what became martial arts since Bruce Lee and the tough guy fights back in the 70s. Uh, okay, so you, you did so, a few of those as well? Oh, no, I, I saw a couple of them because my mom oh, okay. a and, it, yeah. and and I think in your your, uh, your description, you said you cornered some guy in strike force or something. Yeah, Matt Luke Duke Lucas, brother from another man, mother man. He uh, him and his dad uh, P Dub Pat Weber been teaching wrestling out in Sierra Vista, Arizona for ever. And uh, yeah, I I flew out to Corpus to uh, watch him fight, and in the process ended up getting a corner pass right there. And got to corner uh, my buddy for his first fight in strike force and uh, got to go into the locker room, meet uh, just the greats, Forrest Griffin, Randy Couture. Um, well, Kimbo Slice and Boss Rubin were at this one, Nick and Nate Diaz. It was, a, oh, it was wow. as a fan, it was the experience of a lifetime, but I actually have a bit of a background in martial arts. Oh, uh, okay. So what, what, are you still training now or? Well, probably not now because of the lockdown. Mm -hmm. No, P has since retired. He got to have a cup of coffee in the UFC and, uh, well, the job and marriage came <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot more important than uh, the fight. And I can't blame him. He's not much younger than me. So a little long in the tooth, but he had a good run. And uh, it was a lot of fun to get a chance to watch the fighters right up close, hang out with him after a victory, hang out with him after a loss see the different ways uh, that people react as they come and go from the uh, locker room. It was really a, a, an awesome experience. Now, were you just the corner man or were you the cut man for his fight or? Nope, I was just the, the corner man. The yeah, second I've, done, corner that. I've done that too. I did it. Um, yeah, I did it for uh, an amateur MMA. I was a cut man for an amateur MMA fighter. And oh my um, his name was Mike Meesh. He's actually the guy who gave me my nickname, Mark the Shark. <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah. We used to do jujitsu together. And I uh, was in, uh, uh, the, I don't know if they're still around. It was a silent fight that we had in New Jersey. The Golden, and we fought in the Golden Nugget. I actually did two events. And I, uh, I'm trying to think. I was just cut, I'm trying to think if I was, I think I cornered one and was a cut man for the other. But they wouldn't let me in because they could only have one person in. And the cornerman. His refs kept going, you know, going in. Meanwhile, his eye was out like this. I'm like, dude, he needs ice. And then I almost got, I almost got thrown out because I tried to go in, and the lady security guard gave me a warning. And then I got yelled at because I grabbed the cage because he was winning the fight, and I was getting excited, and I was rattling it. I'm like, come on. So I had to go. I couldn't be in the front. I had to go out in the back, which sucked. Yeah. So he won. I couldn't go in the cage with him. Yeah, there, there's some interesting rules that have, uh, well, the rules of, of what corners are allowed to do have changed a lot. It, like, it's been an awesome progression and fast. Like, we went from calling it human cockfighting to a Disney-owned business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah We're in bed with Disney. Lot. It's changed a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And then the other yeah. one, the other one, I was a cornerman for my other friend who did one fight, and it was like a last minute fight. Like he knew about it, but he, he was he was a uh, a businessman, so he didn't really train that much. So I was worried for him. So I actually had to drive him to the fight, and it was in Brooklyn. In Bensonhurst, which is like a Russian area, Russian mob area. Okay. And it was in this arena, uh, not arena. It was in this theater where they normally have ballet. So they just put a little ring in uh, in the middle of the restaurant because they had people sitting there eating lobster tails and all this <laughs> other stuff. And then in the center, they had all these people behind a curtain coming out, you know, waiting their turn to fight. So yeah, that was, that was pretty bizarre because they kept changing the rules on them. No elbows, yes elbows, punching on the ground, no punching on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Well, I, I think there's a lot. I guess you would call it, I guess you, I, you can't call it that say it was illegal because it was televised locally. The main yeah. event was because there was a world title and a tie match. And the guy who fought was, uh, I think it's Morty Hornstein. I'm probably butchering his last name. He actually fought in the U.S. Yeah, yeah Morty. Oh, he's a world champion in kickboxing and uh, and, and uh, all contact karate. He's from uh, I don't even know. I think he's he might still be up there. He's upstate New York somewhere. He actually looks like Van Dam. Oh, yeah, bigger. I don't know if you. I forget who he fought. That we fought in UFC. I think he only fought once and he lost by submission. I think he fought a Brazilian guy. Yeah. I think you're right, but uh, well, I, I got to meet him later. I got to meet him later. <laughs> At um, a Gorko seminar, uh, okay. Gorko, um, Ron Rossi's coach, uh, the the judo guys that she trains with, Gorko, uh, Gorko, um, horrible. I'm trying to remember what the hell Sambo. He's like a Sambo champion, go car or something. I remember. Yeah. So I got to meet him. Okay. Uh, and at his seminar, the guy that fought in the UFC was there. Okay. And that's how how good this guy is. I think his name is Gokar. Like Manny. Could it something be? Like, like from Ronda Rousey's judo team. Okay. Uh, Gokar, I think it's his name, Gokar. I'm trying to find his name. Gokar, Shavinian or something. Rousey. Judo, I'm trying to find it on my website here. Go car. I think it's go. I, I can't, I'm like horrible. I'm trying to figure out the guy's name. It's like bothering me. Well, anyway, so I got to meet him. You know, he's like supposedly his whole family, like they did it. was like the like the Brazilians, like the, the Gracie family, right? Like they did it, but in Russia, like his grandfather yeah. actually killed a guy in the ring, he told me. Oh, wow. Gokar, I think it's G-O-K-O-R or something. Oh, man. Good Sambo guy. But, uh, it was before, like, I don't know if you followed Sport Jiu-Jitsu now with nope. uh, John Danaher. Yeah, oh, wow. Oh, J-O-K-O-R. I don't think you can watch any part of the sport and not know about the death squad. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so yeah, I, I, I keep up with a little bit of the, the guy. Can you see that? 
Oh, I can't make out the name. Yeah, but that's what he but looks yeah, like. Yeah, nope, nope, he looks familiar. Yeah, like. yeah, he's been, uh, he was in the, um, he's had a few MMA fighters, like, man, he was, I forget the guy's last name. They're all, they're all, all Armenian guys. Uh, he was on the same season of The Ultimate Fighter with, with uh, Nate Diaz. Manny Gambirian. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Coaches. Right, huh? And Cairo, yeah, he, I don't know if you remember Cairo Provision or something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, he was probably, he was the first fighter to effectively use judo in the cage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've actually rolled a couple times with Christoph Leninger, but he didn't uh, do, <laughs> he wasn't able to apply the, the uh, make the change between judo and mixed martial arts. Oh, who was that again? Uh, Christoph Leninger. Uh, uh, Guy Metzger. And uh, we're talking, it would have probably been somewhere between UFC 4 and 10. Oh, uh, uh, okay. What the fight. He wore a blue gi back in those days. But yeah, yeah, no, it's been a, a big change. I used to get together with the boys every time there was a UFC pay per view and we'd sit down, play some poker, and watch the UFC. And guys would be in the you know, background, oh, man, if I could get on the cage, I'd kick that M dude's ass. And, uh, well, I was a guy that would sit there anytime and say, okay, let's go out front and roll. Uh, I can have you in a cage in a matter of days. Now, we're talking about a bunch of young bucks running their mouths, and I'm about 35, 10 years older than him at the time. One guy stepped up and got in the cage out of all of the times we went out and did it. Here's the thing, I gotta say, he didn't listen to me very well. I trained his jujitsu. He said he was training his hands with uh, a friend of ours who was a uh, army boxing champion. And uh, we got to a week before the fight and he wouldn't throw hands with me or do anything but jujitsu. And I'm like, look, if you're not ready, we should probably call this off. There's no shame in that. But he got in the cage and one punch, for each of them, one punch and he was out. But it was just the most awesome thing to see, a kid that didn't just run his mouth. He got in the cage. Did he prepare? Was he cocky? Absolutely. Did I go the way I wanted to? No, not at all. But uh, I think there's a certain respect I have for anybody that has ever stepped into any cage of any type. Yeah. It takes a certain level of balls to be able to do that. You know, yeah, you have to deal with several out. levels of fear. Yeah. Yeah. And some, some of them, though, I don't think they have that fear. It's just the way they grew up. But, but yeah, like Cairo Provision, I think he kind of like, the reason why he didn't do too well at the end is because he, he was stressing out about not being able, like, he, he put too much pressure on himself in terms of, uh, always winning and I think as he went up the ranks like the pressure got to him because then he started taking I think uh, uh, some kind of uh, some kind of drugs like not coke or anything like that I think it was like no I think, I, I think he had painkillers if I remember painkillers but I don't think it was for the pain I mean I don't know I think uh, hmm. certain drugs they get it some of those painkillers get addicted to oh absolutely them, right um, so I heard well, crazy. possibly the greatest fighter of all time, Mark Kerr, had uh, ran into that. Oh. Like, he would, he you ever see that? They have it on YouTube, the, uh, the HBO special we did, the specimen. 
Oh, it's awesome. Oh, I think, I don't know if that's the name of it, but that was his other fight name other than yep. and then he had some other one, but yeah. He yeah, he was an absolute monster. He blatantly, um, Smash Machine was the, yep. the uh, movie, the documentary, and he blatantly showed how he would inject himself with uh, steroids and painkillers just to oh, get through just the about anything. But think of how much they damaged, because back then they had their weight classes. So for them, it was like you had the, the biggest you wanted to be as big as possible because there were very few little guys that did it. The only, because a lot of them fought in pride, right? There was no real, um, like even in the UFC, the smallest guy was like Hoist, you know, and then you had the guy, yeah. that one boxer who was like 190, but everybody else after that was at least 220, if not more, right? And yeah, most of had, them were, were definitely six foot over 200. Yeah, right. And the uh, average guy was probably, if you take Hoist out and then one boxer he fought out, and maybe one other guy, they were at least 220, six feet, right? Even well, we'll take, Marvin we'll take, Hacker, you take his name is that knocked himself out in the locker room. Oh, man. Oh, who was that? Har Jeez. Har Harley? Ag yeah. Ag I forget the guy's name. Somebody with long hair knocked himself out. Oh, well, there's another little guy named Fred Ed 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 locker and knocked himself out. And then you had, uh, um, what was that other Rush, the Russian guy, Tektara? Oh, Oleg Tektara, absolutely. Yeah, Oleg, man. He's yeah, I remember. Dead. He used to train with uh, Anthony Macias, and when they fought, he thought Macias took a dive, and he was mad. Oh, you could see it in his face, like, Macias tapped, he dove, I think he dove into a, a guillotine and yeah, tapped immediately before he, Oleg even started to apply any pressure. And uh, yeah, no, Oleg was quite a beast. He had, a, he had some great fights. There were some really great fighters back in those days Man. that would have done very well in, in modern MMA. You know, I, when you think about it, I think I like the size those guys were, right? You had Mark Kerr. You had um, Mark Coleman. Coleman, that's his, his trainer, right? Yeah. Even Boss yeah. Rudin, who was probably all kind of, I think he was all natural. He was a big guy, too. Yeah, know? he was 220. And all that. Yeah. But, yeah, the only other small guy was Sakuraba. And then there was that one yeah. little Japanese guy that Hickson beat up. But everybody else was, like, bigger than me. You know? Yeah, Sakuraba was over two hundred most of the time, and, you know, and he wasn't exactly a small guy. But yeah, no, the Gracies were the, the small guys for a long time. But once they got weight classes, it's uh, again brilliance. They were able to use weight classes to expand and bring in new businesses uh, to to incorporate uh, a bunch of the smaller shows and that start getting the, their hands into each of the different markets so that they would have some influence to get the sport legalized. Like, man, Dana White, we have Bruce Lee and Dana White to thank for this stuff. If it hadn't been for the two of them, this wouldn't be here, I don't think. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, what Dana's done since taking over and even ap after the sale, if he hadn't been on board, we wouldn't be seeing what we're seeing now. You know, we wouldn't be seeing a guy threatening to open up an island just to put on fights. You know, yeah, right? It's crazy. But now, are you are you watching tonight's fight? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. They've got, uh, they've got uh, Cody Garbrandt's the opener on this card, uh, on the, the, uh, the main not card. not on the main card? But they got Edward Burns as the opener for the event. He's the first fight, and that's Gilbert Burns' uh, older brother, I think it is. And he is phenomenal. Oh, no, so, no, Cody, Cody is on the main card. Got yeah, yeah, he's the just, first fight on the main card, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now they got Sean O'Malley. Mm-hmm. And then Neil Magley. Joe, for sure. Yeah. He's from Phoenix. Oh, and yeah, I should mention. And Jimmy Sterling from Matt Sarah's camp, and then they cut Cody. Yeah, you got me nervous because I, 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 my life's been kind of hectic lately, even though with the lockdown and I've been working from home, it's like kind of, it seems like I got more to do. I, I can't explain it. So it's, it's very rare that I get to watch the prelim cards, you know? Yeah, and, those and, are the and, ones I get. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but since, you know, I got four kids, I'm like, all right, let's use this time, you know, for the lockdown to, because uh, they can't go out with their friends or whatever. I'm like, so let's bond a little bit. So we usually do like family night Friday night where we play games. And then no. Saturday's movie night. So the chances of me catching the prelims are slim to none, you know? But I yep. told them tonight, since it's pay-per-view, even, you know, I can't, it's not like where I watch it, I can't watch it the next day, so I have to watch it live. Whereas yeah. if it was on ESPN Plus, I could watch it the next day, I don't care. So, yeah, I even yeah. got invited to a, um, never actually used this app before, a guest that I had on my show, who's also a former, he's a comedian now. Um... His name is Adam Nutter. He's got his own podcast, Nerds with Words. Right on. And um, actually, got a, he sent me some invite to this thing called Discord. I got to fill out the registration anyway. He sent me like they're having like some UFC watch party, so it's going to kind of be interesting. So he's he's been a guest on my show a few times. Right on. Um, he's like had like three MMA fights, but now he's like turned comedian. It's kind of not, funny. Not. Kind of funny. And then he's got his own podcast. So, we're, you know, he invited me to watch for you. So I got to make sure. Hey, uh, I get you know, family movie night on time. Brendan Schaub seemed to make a nice transition from fighting to comedy. So, uh, you know, not necessarily. I haven't watched, I haven't watched any of his uh, stand-up stuff, but I know he's done it. Yeah. 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 He, uh, I think he just recorded a, a special. Uh, I haven't seen him do any stand-up, but I've seen him uh, on Rogan and uh, Fighter and the Kid. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Him and Brian Callen are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did but, a pretty yeah, good transition. Yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. how much, cause I don't know how, like, how, well, I guess now they're not doing anything because of the lockdown. That's what they're making different, right? Because they're, I guess they're just strictly doing a podcast now. Yeah. So who, who do you got for tonight's main card? Like, oh, uh, Amanda Nunez in the main event. Um, yeah, I think it's Felicia Spencer's going to have two rounds, maybe. Uh, but I don't think that she'll be able to grapple or pass the third, pass the second round. So I think uh, Amanda finishes her by the third. But um, the Lioness has been just a, an amazing, amazing athlete. You know. and, and you think Cody's going to win his fight? I don't know. 
I think that this is his best chance to win a fight. He, they put him in there with a, a guy that doesn't knock a lot of people out. And that's where Cody's got some issues. Like you get your bell run a couple times, those things last. Yeah. I think, you know? I think, uh, I'm going to go with Amanda. And then I'm going to go with Cody. Then I'm going to go with Benjamin Sterling because he's phenomenal. Phenomenal athlete. Oh, Matt Sarah. I'm not so sure about the guy that Neil Magley's Anthony Rocco. I don't know who that is, but I'm going to go with uh, Sean O'Malley with the last one, even though I think I like Eddie Wyland. I think that's the same Wyland that fought in the WC, yeah. right? That's the He's same guy, guy, man. He's got knockout power, but he's got that habit of keeping his hands low. Yeah, and Sugar Show is no joke, man. He's training down there with Benson Henderson at the uh, MMA lab down in Glendale. And, uh, that's actually where I'm from. I, I, I say I'm stuck in Aberdeen because I moved up here. Uh, my son came up, went to high school here. But he was smart enough as soon as he graduated last year to go on back to Phoenix. And uh, I'm still stuck here. But. Sean uh, O'Malley is just a phenomenal talent. Uh, you're gonna, I, think, I think you'll see him do what Conor McGregor did. Like, he's going to draw that much attention in an MMA. Really? He yeah, like, he, he had that one, I don't know if he got suspended because he took a good break for a while. Well, he uh, accidentally ingested a supplement, a uh, steroid. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he was one of those that while he was clear that it wasn't on purpose, you still have to serve the suspension. And uh, yeah. now do you, do you know, do you remember the group Stone Temple Pilots? Oh, absolutely. Now, doesn't Eddie Wyland look like the lead, lead singer? Like Scott Wyland, absolutely. Yeah. And he always got the same last name. I'm like, I wonder if they're related. I used to think that all the time. They all, they look so much alike. I'm like, damn, that guy's like, it's like the guy from Stone Temple Pilots, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. But he's been around forever. He's fought just about everybody there's been at 155. I think he's done 145, 170. Like, he's been around since you couldn't just stay in one weight class if you wanted to get fights and you were any good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you had to pick, like, your, uh, I don't know whether it's your past or a current fighter, like, who's your... Who are your like top favorite MMA fighters? Oh man! Well, I got to start with the current goat, which I would call Anderson Silva. I think it remains to be seen what Henry Cejudo and uh, Israel Adesanya do. I think those two men can supplant him if Jones is able to untarnish his image. That's the title's his. He's, he, he's cleared out 205 for 10 years. You know, I don't count the, the Mark Hamill incident as a loss. So uh, nobody's been better. I got to put Frank Shamrock up there in, some, in, in my favorite fighters because yeah, he brought in cardio and a, a full, well-rounded mixed martial arts game. For his and, time period, very, very well-rounded, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say he was one of my favorites. And as a businessman, went out on top, you know, he protected himself way better than most of the other fighters. Uh, 
said, no, I'm only going to fight for this. And eventually worked that into getting to own uh, an entire fight team or uh, organization. And uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I think those are my tops right there. I think uh, Israel Adesanya is one of those talents that, uh, like Anderson Silva, like John Jones, may wipe out the division. So there's really no interest in seeing him fight. Anderson, what nobody, people lost interest in him after he uh, went, what was it, four years or so, wiped out the division, went up and made 205ers look silly and came back down and then nobody would stand with them. And you had, who was that? Was that uh, Damian Maya who did the butt scoot for uh, five rounds on him, you know? Uh, Israel Adesanya has a chance to go on that type of run, but he's going to learn from the mistakes. Like, uh, don't get too cocky, because if you get too cocky, anybody can be knocked out. There's nobody that's immune. And, uh, and always pay attention. That uh, scissor heel hook that Ryu Shonen threw on Anderson Silva was one of the slickest moves ever pulled off in mixed martial arts. Yeah. You know? But there's a reason for that. It's hard to hit. You have to catch somebody sleeping. Yeah. You know? But uh, no, there's great mixed martial arts all over now. So I've been watching a lot of Combat America, uh, yeah. getting familiar with the Latin culture. And uh, yeah, they've had some really good fights. So they're definitely a breeding ground for the UFC. All my old favorites have gone by the wayside. Gladiator Challenge, the WEC, Strike Force. Yeah. Uh, pride but man the fighters are better than ever yeah well charles it was great having you on the show great chat with you and uh absolutely yeah all right guys we'll be back after this short hi everyone this is mark the shark retorto just want to make sure that everyone's following me not only here on this podcast but on my new live show that's hosted on twitch you can watch it at twitch.tv slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. And I air a new episode every Saturday. So check it out. All right, guys. This is Mark the Shark. And I got some great news. If you subscribe to my email list on my website, I will email you a promo code that will allow you to save 20% on any MMA gear or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gear put out by Hypnotic. All you have to do is go to www.marktheshark.mmashow.com and that is Mark with a C and not a K and subscribe to my email list. Go ahead and subscribe today. What's up, world? This is Will, and you are about to listen to the Mark the Shark MMA show. Enjoy the show. Great. All right, guys, I'm, we're back on the Mark the Shark MMA show. Today I'm here with Zane. We're here to go over and do the, uh, the results of the last UFC, UFC 250, with the main event being Amanda Nunes versus Felicia Spencer. How you doing today, Zane? I'm good, Mark. How you been, buddy? Good, good. 
a little tired, a little tired late night last night after uh, watching UFC. I actually did a um, one of my guests was a former MMA fighter who's now a comedian. His name's Adam Nutter. I was on his show. We were doing a, uh, I guess they call it a, a watch show, a fight watch show or something, where you stream live. And so I guess, I don't know where he puts it. I don't know if it was on a regular podcast, YouTube, or whatever. It was like him and his whole crew. So it was, it was kind of interesting. Anyway, so what did you think of last night's fights, man? Well, I have to say it, it uh, a little bit surprising, a little bit not so surprising. I think the main event, I knew that Felicia Spencer was a tough girl, uh, even though she's a pretty girl, a little bit more on the pretty side. She, uh, she seems like a, a grinder, someone yeah. who can take um, some damage and someone who can, uh, can withstand five hard rounds. But I just think that uh, I really thought that Amanda might have uh, been able to take her out within two or three rounds with her power. But Felicia was able to, you know, take some really hard shots that might have knocked people out in the past. And, but there was definitely uh, really almost no competition. I mean, Amanda just, she was able to beat her everywhere. I agree. I mean, that, actually, that's what we were talking about last night, like me and the other guys. So it, it just, well, Felicia's good. I mean, obviously, she was a champion in another organization, but it just, I mean, she let's face it, right, you bring Chris right Cyborg, who, in my opinion, can be probably most men. <laughs> she, you know, whether, you know, even like a 180-pound man, I think Chris Cyborg can knock out a guy out. And she knocked out Chris Cyborg, who went, like, I think 10 years without people with no, no uh, losses. And so I, think Felicia, I, I knew that, you know, Felicia was going to have a hard time. Didn't Felicia Spencer beat in a five-round decision Chris Cyborg? No, Chris Cyborg beat her. Oh, Chris Cyborg did beat her. Yes. That was Chris Cyborg's last fight in the UFC after her first ever – I think, to be honest with you, I think – I have to double-check, but I think Chris Cyborg – let me just double-check. I think her only loss was in a kickboxing match other than that one with a um, – let me just check real quick. That's bothering me. Well, I do. She went like 10 years. I think it was like 10 years without a loss to Amanda Nunes. And then she fought when she went to Bellator after she got kicked out of the UFC. Um, she's got two losses. Um, at her first... Once she left the UFC, she went right to Bellator, and she immediately got a, a championship fight against Julia Budd. Oh, that's what it was. Also, Wait. had like an amazing um, winning streak. They were both undefeated for a long time, and then so she's like Julia Budd's like second loss too. Like they they all had one loss or whatever, and then they had like an amazing win streak. Like other than Amanda Nunes. She only lost one MMA fight, and that was her first MMA fight, Chris Cyborg. And that was back in 2006. So she went from 2006 to the time when she fought Amanda Nunes in what year is that? 2018. But she went 12 years without a loss. 
So that's what I'm saying. And the fact that Felicia went all five rounds with Amanda Nunes, I mean, that, that's incredible. I mean, that was incredible. Well, she had an answer for everywhere. Rounds, she actually didn't go uh, – she went five rounds with Amanda Nunes, but she only went three rounds with Chris Cyborg because it wasn't uh, a main event. So, yeah. But she did go the distance with – two of the hardest punching women in I think all of MMA so that says something whether she's able to you know slip or move with the punch uh, or just be able to take a really good punch I think that that said something but she didn't have the skills to beat them she was able to maybe go kind of like Rocky like able to go into the 15th round but she obviously you know, was outskilled or, um, you know, she just didn't have the talent to beat two of the strongest, scariest women in MMA. So, yeah. and I still, I still get my, my hats off to her. I mean, she was, you know, she was a little busted up before. Like some people say, oh, they should have stopped the fight earlier. But some of these women are able to take a lot of damage. Yeah, I I don't think she had the contusion on her head, but it wasn't like Johanna, uh, Jerchak, whatever her name was, in that last one. I'm trying to remember. I was thinking about that last night when I was thinking, like, who? She just fought recently, and I can't remember who she, she fought that gave her that, that turned her head and made her look into a Star Trek figure. <laughs> we oh, saw no. that fight, too. Her face was pummeled. Remember that? So I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, Felicia's got, you know, her head's a little lumped up, but she doesn't look like an alien yet. <laughs> She's not exactly an alien. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember who she fought. Yeah, it was the very last fight. I'm trying to think if that was for the belt or not. Oh, it was that um, the reigning champ, uh, the uh, that other Muay Thai champ, like she beat her in Muay Thai. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I'm too lazy to look it up. But anyway, when she was in that fight, um, you know her. She's blonde. Yes, yes, yes. She's she's a 125-pound champion. She's also uh, Polish. Um, Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I I forget her name right now. Yeah. But, I mean, mean, it was good, man. And then you had, I don't know, the fight before it, Cody... Man, yeah, Gardner. That was like yeah. a knockout. That was like a Robbie Lawler, Mike Tyson knockout. I, mean, I wasn't, I wasn't too sure how I felt about uh, that fight. I mean, um, both of the guys I felt fought, uh, I fought better in the past. Uh, Cody, obviously, he has you know knockout power and he's a black belt in jujitsu, but uh, he's still a little bit too much. He doesn't. He doesn't cover up the way he should. I mean, a lot of guys in the UFC, they, you know, they're smart. They got their hands up and they got their chin down. And a lot of times he, I, I think Cody just kind of sticks his head out there. Uh, and I think he does that to bait his opponent because as an amateur fighter, I think he was undefeated. He had like 50 amateur fights. And I believe he was undefeated or, if he, or maybe he had one loss. I don't know if you, if you know that. He was undefeated as a boxer. <laughs> Actually, I, I think he had 53 fights. If I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to see that. 
me check my phone right here. Cody. Cody. Well, I I just don't. Oh, uh, it's uh, Valentina Shevchenko. That's who yeah, she lost. Yeah. That's yeah. who she got uh, beat up really bad with. Um, yeah, but, I actually, in the beginning of that fight, man, I was like, wow, this fight sucks, like, in the beginning. But then, like, like, like nine seconds left, he just knocked that guy out. And then, I mean, that was unbelievable. <laughs> that was an unbelievable uh, knockout. Well, the thing is, it, it was uh, – he he had his hands down, and yes, the the guy uh, Sun Tao, he's he's really good, but he Sun Tao's not really known as, I guess, a really great stand-up guy. But there's, I really feel it could have went either way, because if a Sun Tao would have caught Cody on the chin, because a lot of times he has his hands down, I feel it yeah. could have could have been his. It could have been, uh, you know, the exact opposite. I just wish that Cody would you know, understand that, yes, he had a great amount of success and the guy is really tough, but he doesn't have the best chin and he's got to learn how to keep his hands up and I think uh, take that next step in evolution with his, with his boxing because these gloves are a lot smaller and there's a lot more weapons that are now being brought into the mix, knees, kicks, punches, all that kind of stuff. So... I mean, good. He won. It might bring him up in the ranks a little bit, but he's got, I think, a way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I have to correct myself. He didn't have 50 fights. I must have read maybe on Wikipedia they took it off or whatever. But he had 31 wins with one loss as a, as a boxer. But that's still good. Oh, cool. But, yeah, I, I don't know why. I guess that's just his style. I, I, I'm assuming he just does that to work a guy in. But I was just shocked that, to be honest with you, I thought that if he didn't win, I thought he was going to win. What round was that anyway? That was the third was, round, right? I don't so know he, if it was second or the third round. I honestly don't know. I think that was. Let me check now. I think that was the yeah. – well, it doesn't even say. I thought it went the third round. Can't can't see. It's it's a possibility. I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be the first round. Like I'm looking on the app here. It doesn't. Uh, I guess because my font's too big, I can't see the. Uh, it cuts it off. Because <laughs> my eyes are so bad, I keep the font so big, it cuts it off. But I actually thought it was gonna be in the first round. To be honest with you, I'm like, if Cody wins, it's and it's by knockout, it's gonna be in the first round. But that was my thinking, and then it just went on. I'm like, this fight sucked. I mean, I know they have a feeling out process, but I thought it was a little bit too much of a feeling out process. I mean, that, that was just my opinion. But then when he landed that knockout and then and the guy tried to get back up and tried to sit in the chair, he fell off the chair. I mean, that guy's not probably he's, – he's at least six, maybe even longer month suspension after that fight. I mean, and then before that, you had Ajmeen Sterling versus uh, – that was a great jiu-jitsu uh, submission, man. I think that Aljamain Sterling has a lot going for him because yeah, a black belt under uh, Matt Serra. And Is he black belt? I'm not even sure if he's a black belt. I know he's at least a black belt. Yeah. But I knew no. he wrestled. I think, you know, I, think wrestled. I think he's a black belt now. And, yes, he has accolades as far as wrestling. So he's got wrestling, 
good jujitsu on the mat, Sarah. And I tell you, his striking does not look bad at all. And he, I I could see him going for the belt soon. I I really do hope that he continues to improve and that they give him, you know, possibly in the next year, uh, a title shot, because I think that he's, he's trouble. He's definitely trouble. He's someone that, and he was able to go up against a guy, uh, uh, Corey, that is, that is very, very good. Once he gets, uh, and when I, when I heard Al Jermaine talk in an interview afterwards, he explained his game plan, and I think it was an excellent game plan. When uh, Corey is really great once he gets into his rhythm, once he gets his, his footwork and his, his punches and knees, and Al Jermaine said, I got to attack him right away. I got to take him off his game plan. Of course, you take anybody off their game plan, and they're not going to perform as well as they want to. But Aljamain knew it was a little bit more important to do that against Corey. Maybe some other guys, you know, they're, they, uh, they don't exactly have the, the type of pace that maybe Corey uh, sets. And Aljamain said, if I can get into my rhythm quickly, take him off his game, you know, uh, rush him a little bit and make him on the defensive. Yeah. That's, and he also was able to take him down and finish him on the ground. So Aljamain has definitely a strong ground game, and he was able to, you know, sometimes you get really great ground guys, and they can't take their opponent down. And that's where the yeah. wrestling comes in. So Aljamain, yeah, right, he was able to combine all of his strengths together, the punches to get inside, the takedowns to get him down, and the jiu-jitsu to finish it. So I thought, what – what a great combination. We even said a long time ago, uh, Mark, I remember you and I talking that boxing and wrestling together was great because guys can stand up and take the guy down and punch one on the ground. And yeah. then later, on, you know, now guys are able to kick, punch, wrestle, and do jujitsu. You know, it, all of that together. I think Al Jermaine's got a really uh, good skill set. So I, I think he's I think we're still gonna see him in a year's time from now moving up. Yeah, yeah. I like to see him get a title shot. I mean that weight class is pretty stacked, but I mean he beat I think he, he did beat a former champion. I think I don't know if it was Jose Jose Aldo or the other guy, uh Ed and Brock or uh, one of those two guys he beat. I mean the guy was towards it was towards the end of their you know, I mean they're well, think about this. Not now, but he still beat a guy that was a former champ. Right, but think about this. He's a hundred. It's a hundred and thirty-five pound weight class, that bantam weight, and it had to be handed Burrell. It it could have been Burrell. Could have been Burrell. But I, I do know that I think he's a pretty tall guy. I think he's like five seven, at one hundred and thirty-five pounds. That that's a lot of height, I think, for someone in that weight division. And yeah. and he doesn't look small. He looks. No, no, he's a big dude. He's a big he dude. He doesn't. He doesn't look skinny. So he must do a lot of weight cut. And I can even see him possibly moving up to one forty-five, even one fifty-five. Um, I think he's. I think he's thirty. So he's not a young guy. He's not an old guy. He's. He's probably right around his prime right now. Yeah. Maybe he's got a couple more years, but um, I. I could see him 
definitely not going any lighter than 135. He probably has to really cut down to get that weight. But uh, any of those weight classes, I think he can do, uh, you know, maybe not 155. That might be a little bit heavy for him. Definitely 145. Yeah, I, I could see him in 135, 145. Those weight classes, he'll probably live there for the next couple of years. That's what I anticipate. And in that, the, the, the first match to really – like the Neil Bagley fight I wouldn't care about. I mean, it wasn't that great. But the Sean O'Malley fight, the first fight to kick it off, against the uh, former WC champion Eddie Wineland was pretty good. Um, I, I'm trying to – he knocked him out. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and Wineland, it he's – first, It was first a kick that injured him, and then he just followed up with a punch. But, I mean, that kid Sean O'Malley's got talent now. Really good guy. He he definitely has. Um, I, I tell you, it's fun to watch because he's he's one of those skinny guys that you kind of overlook, and then all of a sudden you knock you out. So yeah. it, it, he's a fun one to watch. Yeah, and he's a little bit unorthodox. Uh, I would say, kind of comes at you with certain angles. And the guy he fought, Eddie Wineland, he's no chump either. You know, he's a kind of a wiry, you know, just scrappy guy, you know, on the ground, standing up. And um, Eddie Wineland a little bit also like uh, Garbrandt, a little bit, sticks his chin out a little bit, leaves his – Oh, he's his always done that. He's yeah. always done that. And, th and that's what, that's what kind of catches these guys. I mean, you've got to have – you know, you've got to get your hands up. I mean, I understand it's MMA. There's lots of different things happening. But, um, you know, you'll see – You'll see, I, I think, some of the more successful fighters, they, they tend to not just leave it out there. You know, it's, it's a habit. I think that some people, uh, to, even Sean O'Malley, you know, he's, he could take a punch, but I think he covers up pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, he's, he's uh, got great kicks. He's flashy. You know, he, he'll, he'll be around for a while. You know, I could see him. You know, he's got to move up the ranks a little bit, but. Oh, he's there. He's if I'm not mistaken, I think he's got a couple submissions, submission wins, too. I mean, I, not I not so. just striking. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember because I've only seen him fight like two or three times. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a good card, you know. I was happy with it, you know. I don't know when the next one is. When's the next UFC? Well, I, I believe that uh, – I don't know what's happening with John Jones. There's like a lot of stuff on, on – uh, there's a lot of stuff on, you know, Facebook about – Oh, well, we have one next weekend. Just well, yeah, we, yeah, what are we saying about John Jones? He's well, I'm just saying I don't, I don't know what your opinion is on John Jones. Is he staying with the UFC? Is he not? Are they trying to work things out? Because he was supposed to, I, I would love to see John Jones fight. Um, uh, which we call who he fought and supposedly won, but he it was a very very close fight. Nah, I like, they're, they're pushing him to fight that other guy. Oh. Right, they, they, they want more of like a super fight. They want John Jones wants to be now. He wants to get into heavyweight, but I think he's. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it's a smart move for him to get into heavyweight. I don't know. A lot of people say that he would um, be. I've heard different opinions. What's the name of that guy again? Sangano? He's saying some uh, people think he would beat him because he's got uh, better technique. 
Um, but that is a big boy. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think I, I, it's kind of interesting you brought this up. Uh, I won't take up too much of your time, but I was actually watching uh, uh, Cormier talking with Ariel the other day on YouTube. And DC pointed up some good points, saying that, you know, that uh, Jones has, has, because of his erratic behavior outside the cage, he got, he had, he learned, you know, like he got stripped of the belt or whatever for, you know, drunk driving and drugs or whatever, um, that he's kind of had to learn to live without having the belt. So maybe he's thinking that, hey, you know, if I'm going to go fighting, it's not that bad. I but I don't know um, John Jones' financial situation. If he took his money and invested it wisely, and maybe bought some businesses so that he can make a living outside MMA, then maybe he's kind of using this as a way to retire. If you know, like if he doesn't get paid the big bucks that he's looking for, because Dana, from Dana's point of view, is he would give it to him, but considering what's going on with the COVID pandemic and everything, there's no way of them drawing enough, making enough money to pay him. If the, if he could, if Dana could foresee the pay per view sales, and you know, because right now all they get is pay per view sales. They're not getting door sales, you know, ticket sales, you know, the events. It's just purely um, pay-per-view uh, sales. If you could justify saying, all right, we're going to make, I don't know, I'm just throwing figures out there. The UFC makes $200 million and they want to give him, and John Jones is asking for $30 million, you know, then you could afford it. But maybe Dana is saying, all right, now we can only make $10 million. We could barely afford to pay three million. I heard I heard from the interview that John Jones says that he makes five million per fight. Well so they're you... guessing that he kinda asked for fifteen. So maybe he'd be happy, maybe they can come meet somewhere in the middle. But I don't know, maybe John Jones is maybe he's looking say if I'm not gonna get the big make any more money, maybe it's time I hang it up. You know, who's who else is going to beat him in his division? I mean, eventually someone will, because eventually if he keeps at it, his body will get messed up, and you know, you know the whole story. Everybody, Father Time catches up to you, and the young buck comes by and takes you back. It's just the way it is. But maybe you know, maybe he was smart enough to invest his money wisely, and maybe he's thinking, eh, I don't want to fight unless I get the big payday, and maybe maybe that's that's what he's thinking. But we'll see. Uh, would I like to see the fight? Yeah. But will it be make enough money to justify what John Jones is looking for? I don't know. I don't think that's Dana thinks no. And Dana should know. I mean, he's a brilliant businessman. So. I don't think any of these fighters need a certain amount of money. I think they just want. I mean, of course, five million. I just think. Five million a fight, and he fights at least a couple times a year. No, so, John Jones. No, he doesn't. He doesn't fight a couple of times. I think he fights like one or two times a year. Yeah, you know? uh, but, but it's my, not but, like when he was younger. 
you got to remember, it's not five million since he's been in the UFC. I think it's probably like maybe the last whatever. Like I think when they signed a contract, the way Dana, I saw another interview with Dana when he signed a contract. I think he guarantees a person three or six fights. Now that those fights can go over a year, two years, three years. So this is probably like probably his last contract. Like so, I think he's got three fights left. From what I hear, left on his contract. So, so maybe the last few he made five million. Yeah, but Mark, what I'm trying to say is, do these fighters really? need this money. They got plenty of money. There's a lot of up and coming fighters now that yes, they don't make millions. They're making, you know, maybe ten thousand, fifteen thousand. But remember Some the time don't even make that. Some of them only fight for two thousand. Right. So what I'm saying is remember the times where um it was actually a statement that like I'm glad that these fighters are making more, but I think that once you get into the million dollars, now it's like boxing. It's like it's like all these fighters do is just demand. I mean, it, they they they're not hungry for it. I mean, well, I want the. It, it, it's uh, there's it, nowhere near what the boxers make. Like, was this Floyd Mayweather makes three hundred million? I know that's ridiculous. My my thing is, there should be absolutely where these fighters can fight for five to eight years, and then be done, and then be able to live comfortably on retirement. But they shouldn't have to, you know. They shouldn't have to be millionaires by the end, like maybe the top guys. But, you know, if you're not a champion, you know, okay, fine. You know, a couple of top guys, they're going to be millionaires for the rest of their lives. You know, they'll have investments, whatever. But if you're not a top guy or not someone that was always in the limelight, then, yeah, you should have, you know, be able to retire, you know, comfortably with something to fall back on. You know, maybe you own a bar, maybe you own a restaurant, or maybe you just have enough to, you know, retire on. But, you know, not everybody who gets into it deserves to be a millionaire. You know, if you're on anything else, right? Right. But what and even like 300 million for one fight? I mean, there's very few people that are ever going to achieve, you know, something like that, you know. Yeah, only the Floyd Mayweathers of the world. Right. I don't know. You know, it's it, it all comes down. I'll just let, I'll, I'll just make this one comment, then then we'll go because I don't want to take up too much of your time today. <laughs> but uh, it all comes down to supply and demand. If there's enough demand, demand for it, and it justifies the pay, then you know, um, I'd say that the fighter should get it because we're watching the event to watch. The fighters. We're not watching the event to listen to Dana talk. We're watching it as an entertainment to take us away from our day to day lives. It's like any other sporting event. That's why people would like sports. It takes them away from their everyday uh, grind. So if the demand is there and they're bringing in the draw to uh, draw that amount of money and the amount of people to watch it, then pay them. But at the same time, from the owner's perspective, he's got to justify: is there enough draw to make to make that payout? If there isn't, then he can't. But um, there's always going to be that. No matter what the sport is, there's always going to be that argument. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, 
that's a wrap for today. We'll be back after this short break. Are you looking for your next action thriller novel? Check out The Cabal. The saga begins. You can find it on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com or www.RetortoFamilyBooks.com. That's R-I-T-O-R-T-L FamilyBooks.com. Again, check out the next great action thriller suspense mood book called The Cabal. The saga begins. All right, guys, you can keep up to date and see what's going to happen with the show by following us on our social media pages. You can follow us on Facebook at Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark with a C and not a K. And that's on Twitter at Mark BJJ Fighter. Again, that's Mark with a C and not a K. And, of course, on Instagram at Mark underscore Retorto. That's Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Retorto, R-I-T-O-R-T-O. Keep up to date and follow us. Hey, to all the listeners out there who are bruised up from the martial arts training, CBD products are a great way to ease the pain by reducing inflammation. It also helps with anxiety and your mood. In fact, there's a great company out there in Colorado by the name of Kenovia that sells great CBD products. Get more information from Kenanovia.com. That's C-A-N-N-O-V-I-A.com. In fact, when you go to the website Kenanovia.com and use the promo code MarkTheSharkMMAShow, you'll save 30% on all of their products. So check out their website today. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built. Used by all jiu-jitsu and MMA athletes to prevent skin infections. Save 15% with the code MarkTheSharkMMAShow. This episode is also brought to you by Audible. You'll get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day trial. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.marktheshark.mmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want. Check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto? Well, go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website. Sign up. Take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners that listen to this podcast every week worldwide from everywhere. Check it out. www.markthesharkmmashow.com Hi everyone, this is Mark the Shark Retorto, sending a message to all the fans out there. If you enjoy this podcast, please help support it by making a small donation. 
It could be anywhere from a dollar, $4.99, or $9.99. It could even be a monthly donation. Any amount is appreciated. To donate to this money to this podcast, go to www.marktheshark.mmshow.com. Again, that's www.marktheshark.mmshow.com. What's up, world? This is Will, and you are about to listen to the Mark the Shark MMA show. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, we're at the end of our show. This is Mark Retorto. I'm signing off. And don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. It's called The Mark the Shark MMA Show, and it's Mark with a C, not a K. And also, feel free to leave us messages by using the Anchor app. And also, don't forget, if you look in a mood for a good action thriller book, to buy my book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. It's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And if you need a good book for your kid, get the I Am Survivor book or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble. And Amazon.com. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you. <laughs>